Sluts and Scholars, a podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, the podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I'm welcoming Melissa and Wayne. They have been non-monogamous since day one of their 20-year relationship. Wow, trendsetters. They are married and doing life in Los Angeles with their five children, and together they are the creator and co-creator of Shades of Non-Monogamy, a supportive resource for folks who are curious about exploring or actively navigating non-monogamy. Shades is also a curator of non-monogamous and BIPOC-centered community spaces and events. Their vision is for everyone to experience and keep pleasurable, joyful, and fulfilling relationships of all types, including with self and others in community encouraging emotional, relational, and sexual freedom. Welcome, Melissa and Wayne. Thank you for having us, Nicoletta. (laughs) Okay, I feel like there are so many non-monogamy resources out there now, but I'm thinking 20 years ago, like... How how was the the world to do this back then? Because people were doing it, but it's not as open. Exactly. No, that's true. Um, I think you really love to talk about this part. So I'm going to let you take it. But like what it was like 20 years ago for us. Well, actually 20 plus years years now. Yeah. Excuse me. But yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, there was no resources. There was, you know, there were no TikTok and there was no Instagram. And, you know, there weren't people out promoting like, hey, if you need some help around or somebody to help navigate non-monogamy. So we kind of had it really navigated on our own and kind of just like it was like on the job training and it was it was tough at times you know we didn't have anybody to model for us or you know we didn't have any we, we didn't even know to about looking within to try to figure out things you know like oh you know what does this feel like to me there was there was no such thing as that just like how do we do it yeah let's do it yeah. <laughs> what made what Sounds made you want to do it then how did you even know this was like an option so for, for i'll speak for myself so for me you know, I kind of been trying to figure things out for a while for probably about 25, well, five years prior to us getting together, four or five years. I was trying to figure out for myself, like, what, what is going, what is, you know, we all do it. We feel like, oh, what's wrong with me? Can I not commit? Uh, am I a, a cheater? You know, can I just not, you know, love, you know, am, am I, do I not just love somebody? You know, I just mm-hmm. want to do my own thing. And so going through that whole process and then I met somebody who we kind of like start to explore, experiment. So by the time I met Melissa, I was like, hey, I don't think uh, I can be in a monogamous relationship. And I don't think that's for me. I've rec- I realized it now. I know this is really tough for me to say this to you. Yeah, I hope I don't know how you want to receive it, but I just want to be honest with you because I because I felt like I re- this was a person I felt like I could be with like my my, my uh, forever person if you want to say that if that's such a thing you know I just felt like me and her were destined to be together for a long mm-hmm. time if she would agree with you know with being with me so yes yeah yeah and same and so for me I didn't know I didn't know the word non monogamy like I always say like. I was just, I just thought I was just wild. I was like, I was just, I was like, man, I'm a freak. I love things, you know, whatever. Like I, I'm different. I just felt like I was different. I didn't have a name for it or I don't even think I held it conceptually like that. You know, I was just kind of doing me exploring, having fun, having a good time, um, trying out different things. And then when we met and he gave all of that spiel, um, I was like, Oh, this is cool. This is interesting. Wait, what? There's, there's community out there or there's people, or there's like, there's places to go. 
there's things to do. There's, you know, um, cause we started off in the swing community. So, you know, we, we eventually got into visiting different sex clubs and things like that. So it was like, wow, okay, this is exciting. So, but then, you know, learning that name non-monogamy eventually was then turned into an exploration, you know, really of self and like, bigger than just having sexual adventures it was like damn who am i in relationship with other people and what do i want that to look like and i knew at the time too um again i also was exploring i didn't want to end that i didn't want to stop that and so it was i loved i felt like we just aligned in that i loved that we both wanted to explore things together we were like we can do this together let's do it together so yeah, yeah there's like I, that old trope of people being like oh when i'm partnered it's my ball and chain right that you like are stopping exploring and and expanding yes yeah, yeah and, and also i want to throw real quick like, early on it was just the swinger community was out there that was readily available that's been around forever you know mm-hmm. and people had this negative connotation that's, that's associated with swinging and but that's what we had available to us at the time and and i think that you know Right. Like today you hear a lot of people speaking about poly. It's like this new buzzword. Right. And I don't even know if people who everybody who claims to be poly, they even know exactly what poly is. They just it sounds nice. Oh, I'm poly, you know. But uh, I think that for us, the transition happened when we start to realize that we wanted deeper connections with people. But mm-hmm. the word poly actually scared us because we actually knew what it, we had known what it was at the time. Yeah. 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 And, and so it was like, oh, this is this is different than what we've been doing, you know, and now we have to actually be okay with our partners showing up for somebody else. So that was in itself scary, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you mentioned kind of marketing yourselves as specifically trying to create spaces in this community for BIPOC folks. Um, mm-hmm. What are maybe some of the barriers you've seen for for BIPOC folks to feel accessible um, in the space of non-monogamy? Well, I'll go first. So, and, you know, and there's no other way to say it, you know, just to be very direct. A lot of these spaces are usually white-centered spaces, right? Yeah. That you go to the swing clubs, the the mixers and the get together. And so in this in in a lot of in a lot of times places these spaces aren't really inviting just because of the how the way they kind of like maybe they do certain things to deter certain types of people or whatever you know and it's and i and and i've recognized over the years it's kind of purposely done to an extent and Mm. so people can feel like oh you know they can go to these places and and feel shunned because no one speaks to them they feel isolated and so it's like when we saw it actually melissa uh took me to a couple spaces that i went to that was like oh wow these spaces are amazing i Mm -hmm. wish that that we had these four BIPOC people, you know, uh, uh, because um, I felt like this could be such so useful and so helpful, you know, just the, mm-hmm. the language, the tools that were available and that we just didn't have access to. So I was like, man, this is amazing. Yeah. So let me go get this information, this knowledge, and let me bring it back, you know, mm-hmm. to the community and to the people that I know who are, who could really use this, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about this too, but I, other folks I've talked to as well, I also feel like, obviously, I mean, you're describing systemic racism that obviously occurs in many areas. Um, (laughs) So obviously it's going to occur in that space as well. And I think additionally, a lot of folks that I've spoken to share that, you know, because of some of the racist tropes around the over-sexualization or hyper-sexualization of black and brown people, um, that they've been maybe more afraid or more ashamed to explore this because they don't want to fit into these old racist tropes of like black men being, you know, the ones who steal the white women and black women, you know, women of color being the Jezebels or what, you know, all these, um, yeah, all these racist stigmatizing tropes. Um, So I don't know if that's ever come up, but that's something I've heard a lot of folks struggle with. Oh, oh, definitely. Why do we want to add another layer of stigma? You know what I mean? Mm. Of being a person of color, like the ones we already deal with outside of the community, but within our community too, sometimes, you know what I mean? Like that struggle of being judged by our own communities, by our own Mm. family members as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, it sounds like when you two met a lot of times you were on the same page or at least at the beginning you were both like, Oh, this is fun. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely. And not everyone who, you know, meets starts out that way or is on the same page. And, and something I'd love to explore talking about with y'all, cause it's a hard one is what to do when you meet someone, you like them, you're like, this is someone I could spend my life with, but then either then or later you realize, Oh, but we both want different versions 
yeah. of non-monogamy or more non-monogamy at all. Um, yeah. did, did y'all kind of align from the beginning of what you were interested in or, or how is that, how's that shown up? I, I think we did. And I love the way that you just set that up for us. I don't think I it's agree. ever been set up for I, us. I, I thought that it way. was great. Yes. Like, yes. I the way you set that up praise, for us. Praise me. I got a praise kick. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought that, honestly, I was <laughs> oh going to say it. Yeah, I thought it was great. That yeah. sounds so good. I want to like take that snip and just yes. save that because it was so good. And yeah. I think it, I mean, you don't, we, we know each other, but we don't know each other that well. And I don't know that you know our story that well. So, so for you to have set it up like that really was perfect because that's exactly what it felt like that we were just like, it, it, it almost, it, it just felt so perfect. You know, mm-hmm. it just felt like, um, yeah, that damn, we so aligned like right from the beginning and we were that, that created that helped the bond between us. And, um, it was just amazing. Yeah. And I think that's also why it hurts so bad when we finally got to the point of differences, you know what I mean? When we finally started to want different things or Mm -hmm. when we, Mm. um, yeah, when that challenge, it was like, whoa, what, what does that mean about us? Like, what does that mean about this bond that we created about this, like togetherness that we had? And you were going to say something? Yeah. I just realized. So we had like, almost, it was like, reverse for us because we came in together and like yes this is the thing we want to do we're on the same page we're doing everything together but then at some point it became like oh i, I don't really <laughs> want to do that it, or yeah. uh what do you mean you don't want to do that we like this no <laughs> we we don't like this we like yeah. this. i'm yeah. i mean i'm not i don't want to say i'm like relieved that you like had differences but i'm like relieved to hear that because I think we often talk about like encouraging people to sort of find their species, right? Like find yeah. someone who potentially matches what they're looking for. And, and look, we don't always know that going into a relationship. Right. And I'm hearing even the people who maybe know that who were like, oh my God, it fits. You're still people with multitudes that change over time and you don't know how yeah. you're going to feel. And what about after you have kids, you know, all these changes. Yeah. So I'm a little bit relieved to hear that even though you like found someone who wanted the thing and it was a good fit that like, that didn't hundred percent guarantee that later you weren't going to have different right. things, you know, because yeah. a, a lot of people think that, Oh, well, should I find somebody else who's more aligned? And like, maybe. Yeah. And it's not a guarantee. You're going to stay that way. Yeah. That is, I, I believe it's going to happen no yeah. matter what relationship you get into right. or go to. I mean, are can you find somebody who is just like you said, your species and it stays that way? Yes, sure. Um, but I encourage and, and even to, with that, I, I question that. that. Yeah. I question that because um, I'm is that person completely being honest in, in or, or do they not want to cause any ripples or or, or fractions within a relationship? You know, so I, I think about those I take those into consideration as well. But also there's just smaller, more nuanced differences that are gonna come up even within the yeah. thing that you yes. are both seeking and agree to. You know what I mean? Not not only because we grow and change, like you said, we're dynamic people, but also life circumstances, you know what I yes. mean? And the changes that happen in life. So it's just gonna happen. And that's I think what helps that's like what set us off, like what really dove us into the differences is like having kids like having kids was, yes. boom, yes. all of a sudden yeah. shit got different yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's funny because i think we for so long like held this image this this like i don't know this thing about us we we're like oh wayne and melissa together like wow yeah. we just we we were so our own heart cheerleaders so hardcore yeah. um and also, I love that we're still our own cheerleaders hardcore in a different way, yeah. because I think we really kind of became the other opposite end of that of like, wow, differences, you know what I mean? And like really can speak to those differences and how we have overcome them or not overcome them because it's not something to overcome, but how we navigate those differences and how we integrate them. And like, I see our relationship like, like this, like it's, it's constantly going like this, yes. but you know, moving forward, but doing this kind of thing for people who can't and see so, it's like, like a shifting yeah, plates. Like, <laughs> yeah. Kind of like this. It's not in place, but it's like constantly moving forward, but it's yeah. like this, but together. And yeah. so, um, so I'm, I'm excited about that now and yes. i'm glad that we were able to lean into that and not panic every time like we don't panic now you know what i mean as when there's much. a difference <laughs> when there's a difference oh, yes. there's something coming up yes 
anything that was helpful either for y'all or clients you've worked with, like to manage that, like when it pops up so that you aren't afraid of the differences, but it's just another opportunity for collaboration. Well, I would say when we first, we had to go through the difficult parts to even get to that. We had to go through the scary parts and the parts that didn't feel good to us. And it kind of, it was super challenging at times, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I think for us, what was one of the, and and it's not, may not happen to everybody, but what, what, what happened to us that helped us out a lot is that we reverse roles. We both were, we both got to experience the place of not wanting and wanting. Mm-hmm. And, and so we not got purposefully to see, just like it happened that way. We both yes. got to, you both had different times. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so it gave us a, 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 a more understanding of the other person. And so when things happen, you can, you can remember what it felt like for you when it happened mm-hmm. for you. And mm-hmm. so just having that deeper understanding and, and start to be able to give that, uh, uh, hold that space for that person and, and, that, and that care and, you know, and, and giving grace to, you know, uh, to, to your partner because like, oh, wow, it's not intentional. Right. Having the empathy and the compassion yes. and like being willing and open to, you know, to explore, to, to communicate, to have the hard conversations, to like be open to, you know, how to come together on this. Um, because yeah, we remember like, I remember where I wanted this thing. Like, I wish my partner showed up in this way. So you want to yeah. be that for your partner. As well. and, and I just thought about it. And I, and I know that because sometimes I forget when we're in these spaces like this, when we're having a conversation, it, it, I, I don't want to forget that people may not understand like what we mean by having empathy, you know, and having compassion. So, you know, mm-hmm. it really, how, how to even get there, you know, to give some more practical, you know, ways of trying to get this is listening to your partner and really just hearing them out and, and letting them explain to you what it is that they feel, what they want and, and, and you being open to receiving that, you know, as hard as it may be, it may be hurtful. It may, feel uncomfortable, but it's not intentional. It's you allowing your partner to be honest and vulnerable with you, you know, in, in a, in a time that, that is really probably already difficult for them to even speak about the things they're speaking about and asking for the things that they want or telling you what the things they don't want. And that is really hard, right? Because you want to feel like, 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 no, just why do you have to be like that? You know, why can't you just do it and make me feel comfortable so we can both be good and move forward? But that's not how life is. And so I think that that was a, a lesson in itself just to be able to, to be able to it to hear and, and start to really feel like, oh, wow, like, man, I, I can understand you. I understand why you want that or how you want that. And now I got to check within myself to see if I'm okay, if that's something I can even deal with, and, you know, you know, like what is uncomfortable to me and why does it, why is it uncomfortable for me and start to feel all those things out. And I think that that was really helpful for me, you know, through this whole journey. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you yeah. guys chose to kind of stick with it, you know, and, and and Melissa, I know you're a clinician and you both do, you know, coaching stuff too. And I wonder like often, you know, I see folks talk with folks or sometimes in my own relationship when we're hitting that hard part, it's sort of like, man, is this worth the effort? <laughs> right? Or like, when does it feel forced? And like, y'all chose to work at it, keep going. <laughs> Some people don't. Um, any thoughts or tips for folks who are wondering, like, is the juice worth the squeeze? <laughs> <laughs> when they're working through those hard parts. And I, I know that's a very personal choice, right? It has a lot to do with like, yeah. hmm, do I believe in divorce? Do I believe in these other things? How have I, you know, what's my resilience? What are my tools? So I, I'm saying this knowing that every person is different, but like, yeah, any tips for in general, yeah. how do we decide if it's worth the work? Yeah. I'm so glad you said that, that because it is a big question and yeah, it's not a one right answer, but um, I, I think like what he said is like, you kind of maybe won't know until you know, like until you kind of go through it and gave it a good, a good effort, a good opportunity, a good chance, you know, like yeah. um, just kind of making that, just making a choice right? Like, um, I heard something really great. It was so good for me. I was like, it was talking about the difference between choice and decision or like how we often want to like figure it all out in our heads, you know, and get it all right. And then, Mm -hmm. then do the thing or, or make a decision, the thing versus like, you know, just, just making a choice. Like there's no right or wrong. It's just like making a choice to do something Mm -hmm. so that you can have that experience 
And then you can make the decision. You know what I mean? And then you can decide, do I want to keep doing this or not? And that the decision doesn't have to be a hardcore, rigid, yes or no, black and white. You know, you kind of get to, you, you get to decide how much or how many parts or a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And also that you get to change your mind. You know, I think that's the thing that people, it's like, they want, they so afraid to make a decision because they're like, feel like they're, they're stuck be with stuck. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, you get to change your mind. Yes. It's okay. You can fill things out. And I mean, even within with us, like, you know, it's looked so many different ways and we've adjusted it in so many different ways. And so I, I don't know. I'll say from personal experience too, like, our personal experience, we were so good. And then we got to this point where we were like questioning a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're like, dang, is this worth it? Like, why are we doing this? so many times? Like, why are we doing this? Why are we even doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, we've asked that question to ourselves and to each other. Um, but as we kept going and like really owning what we want and you know, not being afraid of that and not being afraid that it's going to be hard and not being like, I think it it was just, I don't know, even remember the last time that we said, we asked that question, like Mm -hmm. it just became easier for us and we eventually accepted it. And like, now it's not a matter of, do we want to do this? You know, it's more like, okay, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Like, let's get to this business meeting. Like, let's figure this out, you know? And I I think how we got there, I actually asked my clients this now, I asked, like, first of all, I try to figure out, do you both want to be here? You know, because that's a big question, right? Like, we mm-hmm. have to decide if we even want to be here in this yeah. relationship. And if we both want to be here, do, do we want this to become a, 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 do we want this to be a better situation for the both of us? If we can agree on those two things, then we can, all right, let's, let's start to work. Because now we know that we both want to be here and we want it to be better. So now let's have these really hard conversations and not react so big because, if we want, if we really want to fix this, then we have to now show up and have these really hard conversations because this is we're we're here, and if we're gonna be here, we got to figure out how to, how it's gonna work together for the both of us. And I think that once we decided that, then that's when it, that's how we got to the hey, we're here. Let's have all right, let's do the talk. Come on, let's get it. You know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. I would like to add some more kind of the the, the general. Um, you were saying like, do we have any general tips? And um, I think one thing that could be helpful is kind of like trying i would like to encourage like simplifying this like the there's such a i think so much fear around the concept or idea or possibility of monogamous non-monogamous dynamic um because i know you kind of mentioned that specifically or like wanting different things wanting different dynamics right and it's like we we kind of other that part Mm -hmm. and it's like it's 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 just a it's just another dynamic under non-monogamy like any other you know what i mean now i want a side note i know that there are definitely some very specific challenges to it so it's not dismissing that but i think just at the start of it kind of just seeing it as another option as another dynamic versus one that ooh is so over there you know because you're already you've already made the decision to be non-monogamous or like that's that's like probably the 50% 50% like hardest part, you know what I mean? You're already going against the grain of relationship dynamics. Like, so I just, I, I like to kind of put that out there. This episode is sponsored in part by Dipsy. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S and S. You've now gotten to hear the co-founder of Dipsy on this show, the amazing Gina Gutierrez. Definitely go check that episode out. In case you haven't heard though, Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. We use our phones for everything at this point, so why not use it for some sexy me time? Don't worry, your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones, unless you're listening with a partner, which I also love to do. I have currently been binging all the audios with Killian, whose Irish accent is just... 
Well, you've, you've just got to listen. <laughs> They've got something for everyone, though, and there's a growing library of fantasy series happening with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut for all you fantasy freaks out there. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A, dipsystories.com slash S&S, dipsystories.com slash S&S. And I'm sure after a virtual romp with Killian, you will be hungry, but you may also be feeling lazy. Luckily for me, I have Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals waiting for me. Head to factormeals.com slash sluts50 and use code sluts50 to get 50% off. Factor meals are pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. Their two-minute meals give you a restaurant-quality food and you barely have to leave your bed. Easy and with many different options. It's like I have a type. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Join me and head to factormeals.com slash sluts50 and use code sluts50 to get 50% off. That's code sluts5050 at factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, factormeals.com slash sluts50 to get 50% off. Now back to the episode. Like you were talking about maybe folks who are in a thing where one person wants to open up and the other doesn't. And sometimes that can be a deal breaker. But Mm -hmm. I think to me, the main question that you're sort of echoing too is like, are we willing to put an effort to collaborate on this and come up with something creative that works for us? Yes. And then so many things are possible. It doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. Doesn't mean sure that maybe there's someone who it's easier to do that with, but Mm -hmm. is there a willingness to work on that? If there's not, I don't want to say hundred percent, but probably not going to work um, unless you're willing to let go of that, you know, desire, if it really doesn't feel like a deal breaker for you. Um, But I do think it's possible to have these different styles, even monogamy and non-monogamy, like a, what we call a monopoly, one, one person's monogamous and the others, you know, open in some kind of a way Um, that I do think it's possible if there's a willingness to collaborate on something creative. Um, Exactly. I think that's the biggest part. It's like, if you want it, if that's something that you're willing to do, it can work, it can happen. Um, so it's not a matter of like, if, you know, it's just like, how, like, yeah. Do you want to yeah. do that? Or if you're willing to go from if to how, yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're willing to go to if, and, and to not have to know the how outright, you know, that you're willing to, ex- like you said, explore that with each other yeah. and, and kind of figure it out. Um, well, I think what's hard about that sometimes is what I see is that maybe people have been wanting this thing for a long time, or even if they didn't know they want it. And then by the time they finally say it, they're like, well, I want to be at step 100 in this, yes. right? So it's hard for them to be like, I need to know the why and the timeline and like when I'm going to be able to get what I want, mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to what you just said, which is like, we may not have the why, but we're going to you know walk this together. Um, I think it's tough because some people want it right now. And yeah, maybe if you want it now, that might not work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It 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 is something that can, you know, can take some effort and take some time to get to. Um, but you're right. I think the accepting of it and the owning of it, you know what I mean, is is what can really help that. Um and yeah, hopefully you can do that sooner than later so that you don't get to that place of like, now it's feeling so urgent and, and I really want it to happen now. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's something that I mentioned as well. Um, and I think too, what could be hard is there's a lot of stigma, uh, around, especially monopoly, um, relationships that I have seen that, um, just, I think a lot of judgment, uh, of self for wanting that, um, and also judgment from other people and like the questioning that you might get from it. And so I think it keeps people from really accepting and owning like that's something that they might want for themselves you know and because of that then it makes it hard to really visualize it and to to believe Mm -hmm. that it can be possible and to you know believe that it's a viable option Um, so there's just a lot of doubt around that and i'm like can we just it's just another it's just another Mm -hmm. dynamic option and and to add to that is you know what's added to that is just the, the person who is probably who, who possibly the mono person has to now deal with all the the 
shame, you know, and guilt around like possibly their peers looking at them or viewing them a certain way. So now they have added pressure mm-hmm. to, you know, because oh, you just, you know, allowing that their they're partner. being pressured into it or that they're being walked all over. Right. Mm-hmm. I- I- exactly. Right. And you know, and so in that I'm sure it doesn't help at all, you know? So just again, and I, I think, I don't know if she mentioned that, but yeah, aligning yourself with just, you know, community and support, you know, and just being around people who, who have uh, experiences in, in what you're trying to, you know, which, what you're trying to be or trying to be in, you know, yeah. I think that that is super helpful, right? Just to find the thing that if I want to do this thing, let me find the things that, that, that uh, resonate or, or, or mirror the things that, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And to get yourself a cheerleader, like, I think that's so important, you know, somebody who can hold that vision with you, you know what I mean? And, and like, help you really get to those times when you're like, questioning, what are we doing here? What uh, do we want to do this? Is it worth the, mm-hmm. the squeeze or whatever? Like, yeah. having somebody kind of help you through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why if this is a, a path for you, it's so important to have a coach or a therapist who's informed about this so that, yes, they're going to help you look at the parts that are hard, but not in a way of like, this probably isn't going to work, <laughs> which yeah. unfortunately a lot of therapists do because they, they don't have the training or it makes them uncomfortable. Um, y'all mentioned earlier kids and we said in your bio, you have five kids. How I'm like trying like, to find how? a nice one. I'm, just, I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> right, Non-monogamy yeah. is already hard for some folks to manage time and, and things they want to do. And I know you mentioned desires shift afterwards. Like, I would love to sort of bust the myth that you can't have, you know, family and do this, but like anything you're willing to share, just like how you make it work. I think that's such a good question in general, aside from not monogamy, like how do you have five kids and make life work? Yeah, (laughs) I know. I mean, I'm already, I'm already just like in awe of like humans that can raise that many other humans. I'm just like, hats off to you you know i'm like i can barely barely raise myself you know so i i'm already so impressed but yeah what's been helpful to navigate that um i think again just like we started off the conversation the interview um a big part of it was like just going through it and figuring that shit out because it's not something that we planned for obviously well not obviously it, we didn't plan for you know to well we, we said we wanted a big family yeah. but i'm saying like we didn't plan to like okay we're gonna have five kids and this yeah. is when it's like we didn't i wish that i could say we're organized and we have a calendar and we're doing all these things like that no that is not <laughs> that's not over here that's not over here so <laughs> and it brings it i just recently learned of this um somebody is connected to this person who wants to connect with me as a therapist and they do like they help people organize their life essentially like they're a professional organizer but they like really niche into helping people in life transitions or like and i so wish that we had that <laughs> back then you know what i mean to kind of help us figure this all out anyway i'm laughing well, so, some people are, are great at it you know like i can your bookshelf looks like my bookshelf, which is like, <laughs> which is like lots of cool books everywhere. The calendar people have it like color coded and in a very neat way. And like, I wish I sometimes could be that person, but that that's not my brain. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Um, I, I'm blabbing. So I'm gonna let you talk. But one last thing I want to say is I think it it did help. We, we have the privilege, which a lot of people don't, that at some point, eventually we we shared with our children, like they were open about that and were able to navigate, you know, all of the intricacies of it with them a little bit, not entirely like, Mm -hmm. but just the fact that that it does kind of bring some relief that we don't have to like in the past, like we didn't have to hide it, make up reasons, excuses, all these things like, Oh, Mm -hmm. that was, that was a lot, you know? So, and because of our work, we're very open about it. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of just flexibility and a lot of community also, Mm -hmm. and people that can be a part of it with us. And that, um, it doesn't, it's, it's not limited to just like, okay, we're going out on dates or we're going to go with our people, whatever. It's like, sometimes a date or hanging with people, whatever is like, come over, (laughs) do this thing or, Hey, we're going to go to the farmer's market or whatever. So we're like being able, I guess, to integrate it more into our daily lives. Whereas before it was like a separate life or a thing that we do here, you know? Well, you know, I asked it in a way of like, how, like, as if it's so impossible, but like, I do want to, um, 
go back on that for a second and just say that like community, like you said, is key. And there are so lots of other non-monogamous people who either have kids or like to support Mm -hmm. partners who have kids. And this is sort of how humans evolved, right? We existed in these like pockets where there was a lot of child rearing and sharing um, and supporting each other. And so Mm -hmm. I think even I had that stigma where I was like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, wait, for some people, it's actually easier because they have community and they have like a whole um, team that they yeah. can call in to help and aren't doing it themselves. So like, yes, that's how. yes, <laughs> that's yes. how we have a lot. We're, we're, I'm so grateful. We're so, we have so many people who love us, who support mm-hmm. us, who help out in the house. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, and our families, you know, we're, or, you know, are very supportive. You know, her mom is amazing. Her mom helps out. And so, oh my gosh, like through every, out children love their grandmother mm-hmm. and so they love going to hang out which gives us opportunity space and room to you know enjoy time by ourselves that's and great well. they've been supportive yes yes and, 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 and again i, I love what i what i do love i love the, the term partner right because i feel like this is more of a partnership than a than than just a relationship right and in and, and having this partnership we both pick up where the other needs and you know and so and we look out for one another and support one another in that way so at times like if, if you know maybe we both want to go out right and it's not possible mm-hmm. so then one of us you know will be like hey look you go i'll stay and hang out and, you know mm-hmm. and, and we'll switch off of that or hey you know let, let me let me move some things around so you can go you know and i just and, I, and so we support each other in that way to so we, we can get out and do the things like so when we talk about like what is the time right well, how do we have time to do all these things for pleasure or dating we we make the time because we work together and try to figure out hey you know what's the best day that i can do this or what time can i do this okay cool let's move some things around and let's let's make it happen so then we're not just lifing together with kids and family and feeling burned out we still have the opportunity to go out and and, and experience pleasure for ourselves on our own or you know and together at times but mm-hmm. you know but today in where we are is a lot of you know self-discovery with others outside of us so yeah. and you know in reality i mean it also looks like some shit just gets neglected sometimes <laughs> i had to for me, especially like I had to kind of just lean into that, you know what I mean? And, and like not try to have it all together all the time. And yeah. like, but we can't the, do, we just, can't do everything. We can't do everything. And, 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 you know, it's, it's just going to sometimes look hella fucking messy and that's okay. And also I think it isn't, isn't really messy. Like I used to think it was, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just, it's life. And, um, I think it was, just helpful to like accept that for myself at the end of the day this is something that we both really value and i will say that like we share we have held that Mm -hmm. that is one thing that we have held like throughout the entire relationship like it might look all kind of different ways but one thing that we know for sure and that we continue to hold which is like we just share the value of community and of of being with other people we love to experience other people and we love to connect with other people and like that's that's something that just we make time for and it's you know it's it brings me to this like thought how there's a lot of like life work balance talk or whatever and that i'm like why that has to change like why is it a work-life balance like it's life (laughs) it's life and then there's work in life you know what i'm saying and that's a part of it but i think that's the thing again that i had to just shift for myself was um it's not it's not messy like you think melissa this is really what you guys want and you prioritize that and the other things that feel like you're neglecting them or they aren't getting done your house might look a wreck or whatever the things like that stuff isn't it's okay. And, and like, you're really going after what you actually want. You know Thank you mean? for giving me permission to not clean my room today. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, if I turn this camera around, like, <laughs> cool, so we nice can, yeah, here, we can but... share that together. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, I just came to, I, I love these platforms. I love coming and speak on these platforms like this. And at the same time, I realized that, you know, and I, and I said this kind of before, and I didn't know if I was going to share it or not, but uh, I, 
before we came on camera, but I feel like a lot of the times we when we get together in these spaces, we all speak the same language. We all kind of know the same terminology, you know, and what I've realized in going to a lot of different spaces that a lot of people don't know, right? And they don't understand, they don't, they don't have any access to things. And so when, when yeah. I, I realize now, when I come on these platforms, I try to speak to those people. So I try to kind of break down things to, mm-hmm. to, to the simplest forms where they can understand and get it because I, I know how it was. And this is the reason we even do this work is because like we spoke earlier, we didn't have access to this stuff 20 plus years ago, you know? So for me now, I, I see all these people that are here speaking. I love, I love it. I think that there's not enough. We need more because representation is everything. At the same time, I think that sometimes we, we leave out those people who are just now coming into it just now getting access to it trying to figure it out it's super scary and super big so how do we make them feel welcomed you know and let them know there's a space for them because you can feel silly or dumb when you come into spaces and everybody's using terminology you've never heard before and it seems like everybody's on the same level and it's like oh man they're so much further than i am like i feel like i don't even i'm afraid to speak and so how do we make those people feel welcomed and feel make those people feel in, included in the conversation and so when i think about it i was like okay like how do we you know cool we we know these all these terms and everything but how do we make it to where it feels good to them to where they can relate to it and, it, and they can say oh wow yes I, I, that's where i'm at you know so yeah the terms and even like the the i guess the the concepts, practices, whatever of, you know, emotional processing and yeah, like, like, oh, I could never do that. I could never, you know, yeah. And yeah. it's like knowing ourselves and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah. We, first of all, we didn't, we didn't do any, any yeah, of that. You're seeing, the, you're seeing the 20, the 20 years product right now. Exactly. And, and for folks listening, if you are tuning in, you know, for the first time or you're new into exploring non-monogamy, please go back and check out the, you know, the catalog of episodes on Sluts and Scholars about opening up. Um, there are many episodes to to help you get started, no matter what sort of level you're in. And then there's some that have a combination or some that are more advanced. So there is, it's out there. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's out there. Um, going yeah. back to the, if you're willing with the kids stuff for a second, like I just want to normalize some of the changes that you mentioned that happen after kids. And, and that could be different for, for both of you, but um, I'm, I'm curious, like, after starting a family, like how, how did things kind of shift for each of y'all in terms of desires and, and things like that? Mm-hmm. That, that is, Ooh, <laughs> you're like, how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. Right. That is something. But, um, yeah, that yeah. was, that was the toughest part of our relationship Yeah, to, to, yeah. to that we've been through. That was probably the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just, like we said, simply it highlight, it started to kind of illuminate and highlight the things you had to work on. Yeah. Like they were the biggest, the the biggest mirror kind of. Absolutely. I mean, within our relationship, but then within ourselves, like kids will, Ooh, they will be the mirror to the shit that you got to work on. So, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I know some people don't like this comparison that like, we're all non-monogamous because we all have the capacity to love many people. Some people like to differentiate, you know, there's a difference between friend love, romantic love, all that. And in the same way, I'm hearing like having kids is the same as like adding in another partner, right? There's a new person, there's a new relationship. And mm-hmm. how does it sort of change the status quo when you invite another person in, whether mm-hmm. that be a child or a lover? Like, and then it, it really forces you to look at the shit that is or isn't working when yeah. you invite another one in because you don't get to stay in that sort of monotony status quo with just the same person. So mm-hmm. in yeah. some ways, like, I'm hearing one could really prepare you for the other. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the biggest hurdle for us was postpartum. Mm. That was huge. I don't, I'd never experienced it before. Uh, I didn't know what it looked like. You're like postpartum depression. Yes. Yes. You know, so that was huge because that shifted pretty much everything yeah. kind of it was a huge shift in our relationship and again no support around that how do you because how can you go out and talk to people about going to postpartum depression and the fact that we're non-monogamous and we're and i'm still trying to do this thing yeah. and we have oh, and now yeah. we have baby and it was that was that was and at the time our community looked so different than how we're describing it today yeah. you know what i mean um and and probably mainly because of us like i think that was our own doing and that 
we didn't feel comfortable, confident, you know, vulnerable enough to share, like you said, to share these parts of us. Like when we went out, we went out, we partied, we like met up with people and then, you know, and yeah. Yeah. And we did have friends who we were close with or whatnot, but even still, it was still hard to share, like really let people in and to share everything that was going on, you know? And again, like I said, at that time too, we had, there was an image we had to uphold and, you know, just in general relationships that I think that happens with relationships where it's like, keep your business to yourself and don't let people know mm-hmm. that you're going through things and don't be that couple, you know, yeah. or that. Um, well, and just so- the stigma around um, postpartum depression in general, right? Because in mm-hmm. our culture, there's this sort of pressure of like, you must be so thrilled. You have a baby and you're like, I'm depressed and sleep deprived and all these, yeah, <laughs> all these other things, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but people don't want to say, cause they're supposed to just be so happy that they yeah. did this thing. Exactly. And especially to being like coming from the swing community where a big part of the focus and the, and the connection with other people is sex, you know what I mean? Um, and when somebody at me at the time wasn't feeling like I wanted to have sex or be sexual, like I just wasn't feeling it. It's like, yeah, how do you feel touched out? Feeling touched out. All of these things. It was like, where do I, where do I fit in this? You know what I mean? can I fit in this? Like, is there space for me to be here as a mom, you know, going through depression who, man, I love it. Like, I don't want to not have my community. Like it was so confusing. It was like, I want to be there, but I don't want to be there in the way that I've been. And I didn't know how to speak up on that at that time, you know? And I, I was, it was in, I was ashamed to say that I wasn't feeling up for sex and, Mm -hmm. you know, that I wasn't feeling sexual or, you know, that I just wanted to show up in this way. So it was, it was really hard to, to share all that. Mm -hmm. And now to tie in the mono uh, uh, Mm -hmm. poly Mm -hmm. relationship to bring it together Mm -hmm. is that now as she spoke about, she wasn't feeling sexual, but I'm still me and I'm still Mm -hmm. in my sexual self. So how do I now still get the things that I want? And she's not in that space. So now, now we have the the added pressure of, hey, I would like to go out. Make change. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I would like to still go out and 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 do these things. And 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 she's not feeling it, and she's not feeling comfortable with me going out and doing mm-hmm. these things. So, so that in itself was a and huge not having the step. bandwidth to have the conversations that you might want to have the energy <laughs> for. Exactly. Right. Right. And the conversation scene super scary as well like what does this mean because of the dynamic change and and shift in our relationship because this has never been yeah. a question in our relationship and now it's this thing like we want two separate things and and so mm-hmm. and at such a vulnerable time at such a vulnerable time where yeah. like it seems like what we wanted what we needed was the feeling together was that you know there was like oh but there's in this part of your life there's this what felt like a separation yeah. Right. You know? And I mean, I, I talk about these hard pieces because I want people to know, you know, they're not alone and, and there's, you know, there's something on the other side. And I know we have to wrap up here in a minute. Unfortunately, you'll have to come back and talk about it even more. Um, but I'd love to s- stop with a final question, just a short answer around like your favorite thing about y'all's love and relationship. Because yes, I want to go over the things that are a struggle to give people the tools, but like people obviously do this because there's benefit for them. And that doesn't mean it's for you. We're not saying you got to be non-monogamous, right? Find what is right for you. And Mm -hmm. let's also destigmatize like, oh, it's just hard and it's just work, right? What's your favorite part about this journey that y'all have been on? I I, I will go first. I I will say that for me, I, I know that I come with a lot of things because of my upbringing and all this type of stuff and i've always felt like melissa and i say this all the time in a lot of our interviews that i feel like she just leads with love so my favorite part about our relationship is just the, her capacity and patience for me and, and her willingness to work with me to allow me to go through my process allow me to, the, the 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 time it takes for me to to understand to come to an understanding in 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 in, in what um is going on with me. And so I can now express myself in a way that she can receive it. So I just love how she just shows up for me, a whole space for me. It makes me feel like super safe. I think, I, I don't know if I've ever felt this safe. I'm sure I have not felt this safe with anybody in my life to where I can express myself 
all the parts of me and not feel judged and not feel it's scary. It's super scary, but it, it's, it, I, I love it. I love that I have the space to be able to share all my parts and she helps me work through them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think that my favorite part of the relationship is how it's non-monogamy has been such a conduit for us just adventuring in life. Mm. Like it doesn't stop at just non-monogamy. It doesn't stop at just like sex adventures, relationships, you know, it's like really opened up our lives in so many areas. Um, So that's the part. It's just been a conduit for enjoying life together. Yeah. Right. Like with this podcast or meeting cool colleagues and going to fun events and how you do yes. business. There's so many things. So many things. Yes. Well, so many thank you too for, for coming on the show and, and being so open and vulnerable and, and helping to destigmatize and normalize all this stuff. I'm sure people listening are like, I want to work with those people. How <laughs> can they find you? Yeah. I think the easiest way is to go to our website, uh, shades of non-monogamy.com and you'll find our bios on there, everything. And our Instagram page is connected there. And that's where we mostly are active on Instagram. Amazing. And again, listeners, if you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars. You can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Please rate and review as it helps the show keep going and check out those advertiser discounts and see you next time. Thank you both for being here. Thank you, you. Nicoletta. Take care. Sluts and Scholars, a podcast for professionals who prioritize pleasure. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show.